0: 1 Samuel 186 through 9. And it came to pass as they came when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistines that the women came out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tabrets, with joy, and with instruments of music with a K. And the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And Saul was very wroth. And the saying displeased him. And he said, They ascribe unto David ten thousands, and to me have ascribed but thousands. And what can he have more but the kingdom? Now, this is my text. Look at this. And Saul eyed David from that day forward. I want to talk to you tonight about turn your eyes upon Jesus. Father, we love you, we praise you, we thank you for your word, I pray for your anointing. God, my physical body is tired, but you renew our strength daily. The inward man is renewed. I pray for your Holy Spirit that we felt during worship to open our hearts. God, those that are weary, like myself, God, you revive us. Let us hear from you and live different tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, as that scripture's up, it says, And Saul eyed David from that time forward. And I want to talk to you tonight about your focus. I want to talk about, you can put that down, Chastity. I want to talk to you tonight about what are you eyeing? What are you looking at? Think about this last couple of weeks. What have you really been focused on? King Saul was the king of one of the most awesome kingdoms on planet earth. He was the head of it. When he said go, people went. He had everything he wanted to eat at his table. You can read what the kings of Israel had to come, and they didn't have Walmart, so the fact that they had all the food they wanted was amazing. They didn't have to, he didn't have to till the land. He didn't do anything. He had it made. But he eyed somebody else. Part of the problem, listen to me, I'm telling you, when God began to deal with me about this. And we're going to get to battles. But a lot of us will tell God we are in a battle. And we're really not in a battle. We've got our eyes on the wrong things. And when we begin to get our eyes on the wrong things, which this point one, if you want to call it, is we begin to eye people. People, what they have, what they do, what they mean, what the intention behind what they mean is. Nowadays, everything is done through text message which is a terrible idea if you really stop and rewind because you lose context and you lose reflection in voices through text messages. You begin to read things into it and see things into it. And what do they mean by that post? I, have to, I get texts at least two or three times a week, it feels like, from somebody on the staff, it's like, hey, you liked somebody's post. And if you read on down in it, it has a dirty word. You might want to unlike it. I'm like, man, I didn't even see it. You—you you lose You lose it. We're in a media age, and people even use social media to eye people. They call it social stalking. They watch what people do, they watch what people where they are, where they're going. They're not even stopping to thank God for what they have, for their health, for the blessing that they're walking in. Listen, we're everybody in this room, the poorest person in this room is more blessed than King Saul was. You got all you could ever have. And we quit looking at the blessings of God and we really take our eyes and put them on people. Some people look at people, what they did wrong to them. But some people, it's not about a wrong or it's not about an offense. It's just we become accustomed to keeping our eyes, looking at what everybody is doing, what I don't have, what I need. Wow, they're doing this and they're doing that. And we have lost our joy, our peace, our love. Because we're looking at people. I know people that were great employees and somebody got a promotion above them and they watched that person to a point where they absolutely became worthless to the company. Instead of being like, God, thank you that I have a job, I have a steady paycheck. Listen, I'm not condemning anybody. I'm telling you it's easy to do. That's why scripture helps us, encourages us to keep our eyes where they belong. Stop looking at people. Stop looking at what people have. Stop looking. Listen, every one of these sites, every time you click on there, the Pinterest world, I call it. It's a Pinterest world. Well, everybody's got this. And everybody, no, everybody doesn't. And if they do, the Bible says you rejoice with those that rejoice and you mourn with those that mourn. You're thankful for blessings on people. But if you're I and you're watching them, you're not thankful for what they have. You're not thankful Listen, I can go into, even now that we have a baby, all these little things that people watch us do, even on how we feed the baby, how we dress the baby. Everybody's got an opinion on how you do this. And you're watching, well, am I a good parent? I don't know what I'm doing. I can promise you I have no idea what I'm doing at all. I know that if I put a bottle in her mouth when she cries, it works most of the time. She's like her mama. So, That was a joke, but (laughs) you can, people, we get so focused on watching everybody. Listen, I'm telling you, when God began to give me this sermon, I knew instantly there were people in this room that he had wanted to talk to, that they're asking God, what's wrong with their walk? And God sent me tonight and delayed me a month to tell you, stop looking at people, ask him to help you. He's your Father. Ask Him to help you. Confess your fault one to another. Find a confidant. Tell Him I got my eyes on the wrong things. And pray for one another that you will be healed and your eyes will be healed. Amen? Now let's look at some other things we can get our eyes on. Matthew 14, 28-33. Peter answered Him and said, Lord, if it's You... Bid me come to you on the water. He said, come. You know, people talk about events in history they would like to see. This is one I would have loved to see. I mean, I would have loved to see this one. It <laughs> has nothing to do with the sermon, but I think this is one of the coolest things ever. And when, he, when Peter got out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw, if I was Jason Meadows right here, I'd say, now everybody say Saul. But I'm not going to do that. The strong wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. When he saw, and immediately Jesus reached out his hand, caught him, said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. That's why I want to be there. Verse, then those that were in the boat came and worshiped him, saying, Truly, you are the son of God. There's so many lessons in that right there. It takes us seeing some kind of miraculous thing to get our worship where it needs to be. Isn't it sad? They had seen Jesus do all these things and it took him doing something crazy for them to be like, oh yeah, now that you've done all these things, now you're the son of God. But, but we're not going to go there. Think about this. He, he was walking on water. He is the first person that was all human being to walk on water. And he's, he's winning. And I don't know about you and your Christian walk. I feel like sometimes I'm on the water, and I'm on top of it, and I'm winning, and I'm really feeling like I'm making some strides, and then my eyes get focused on everything around me, the storm. And this is the second group of people I want to talk to. Sometimes we begin to only focus on our battle and on our storm, and the things that are going against us, and we begin to magnify and focus on the storm. And I love it. All you've got to do in this position is just say what Peter did. Lord, help me. He repositioned his eyes. Listen to me. We as a church need to reposition our eyes. You hear so many people talk now about how America's going down and how morality is failing and how people are changing everything and how agendas are being pushed on us. And it is all true. But we as the body of Christ need to repurpose and position ourselves where we focus again on Jesus Christ, what He's saying and what He's doing. And I love it. If you'll get your eyes on Him, He will come. Come beside you and lead you to where you need to go. And then the storm will will falter and fail. I want you to notice something. He walked with Jesus in the storm. It didn't stop till they got in the boat. See, you would think that story was like this. He called on Jesus. He walked over and said, come on. And the storm stopped. No, no, no. He wanted to show him, hey, I didn't stop that storm. Some of you, the storm's not going to stop tonight. But he wants to show you, if you'll get back focused on him, why did he follow that by saying, oh, you of little faith? Because you know why? He says that to some of us sometimes. Have I not brought you this far? Have I not had your back all the time? Do you really think in my presence that the storm's going to take you down? Some of us real. I've been in storms before where I thought, this is going to take me down, Lord. This is it. You start talking about what the devil's doing. You start talking about everybody acting a fool. You start talking about everybody's crazy and everything's crazy. And boy, you get that storm bigger than it is. You start talking and you start focusing. And the Lord's sitting there telling you, if you repurpose your eyes back to where you started. Look where Peter started. He started focused on him. He let all the distractions. That's why Solomon wrote and said, let your eyes look straight forward. Do not let your eyes look to the left or to the right. That's why it's so important, church. A side note that you got to be careful what you watch. You gotta be careful what YouTube videos you look at. I'm not talking about pornography. I'm talking about things that blaspheme God. I'm talking about things that are evil. I'm talking about things that we think are funny that displease God. They will drift your mind. You gotta be careful what you're focused on. I'm amazed sometimes what Christian people send me and tell me hey, isn't this funny? And I'm like, no, it's very offensive. (laughs) You know why they do it? Because their eyes have gradually drifted to a place where there's no conviction. How do I know that? Because I've been there, done that, wrote the book, got the Mm t-shirt. You can get your eyes focused. Mm -hmm. The same way you can get back to point one, you can focus so much on what everybody else has. You can seriously be one of the most miserable people on the planet. Listen, you'll never have enough money. No. <laughs> I know some people right now that have millions and millions. You'll never have enough money. The love of money is the root of all evil. When you don't want money and love money, God will give you money. That's what I've seen. He'll put it in your hand because he can trust you with it. He don't want you to be a pauper. Don't get me wrong. It's weird when you start talking about money. People get weird. (laughs) You got to be careful because you're always looking at, well, if I could have this house, if if I could just have this car, it's a piece of metal. Really, when you get your eyes focused, it's a piece of metal. It is depreciating the minute you possess it. Mm -hmm. It's a house. Peter said, knowing the time that this whole world will be burned with fire, what manner of person ought we to be in all holy conversation? What a scripture. I forget sometime, running. this is not it. This is all going to be burned with fire. Am I thankful for the things I have? Absolutely. Am I thankful enough? No, I'm not. And I have to tell God all the time, forgive me for not being just so thankful for the breath I have. Amen. That my heart is beating. Thank you, God, for what this... Listen, if you don't thank God for this church, you need to go attend for the next five Sundays anywhere you choose within a 50-mile radius and then come on back. You're going to be my best member. You say, you're saying you're the only church on the block? No, but I'm saying what we feel here every time we meet, the presence of Almighty God. I've never walked in this door and not felt the awesomeness of God. Even when I didn't even say I felt Him, I still felt Him because this is the Father's house and we're assigned here. Amen. Amen. As a pastor, sometimes I get focused on what other churches are doing. I'm guilty of it. I'll just be honest with you. And it kind of robbed me my first couple of months as pastor. I started looking at what everybody else was doing. And I started thinking about, man, it'd be nice if we could get that van ministry going. I remember Adamsville. We had a vans, and they were running, and people were coming in, and kids were coming, and we had this. And I began to look at all this stuff. And boy, I'll tell you, my first two months pastoring (laughs) F-minus. And all of a sudden, I began to shift my eyes back to him and what he's called us to be. And if he wants a van ministry, it'll happen. Amen. I'm praying for it. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But if we want things to happen here, it'll, we keep seeking him. Our eyes get on him. All of a sudden, we're content with the things we have, like Paul said. Amen. That doesn't mean we're not striving, but we're now content. Same with your life. Back to the storm. I, I want you to see another set of storms and battles. 2 Kings 6, 14 through 17. I'm telling you, I feel something different the last couple of services here. I feel a charge. So he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and I picked up in the middle of a story, and I'll fill you in. Then They came back by night and surrounded the city. When a servant of the man of God rose early in the morning, he went out. A force surrounded the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And he said, this is Elisha, do not be afraid for there are more with us than with them. Then Elisha prayed, look at my scripture, Lord, open his eyes. Now, does he have any trouble with blindness? No, he has quit seeing spiritually. There's a lot of people in churches that are sitting on pews and they can't figure out why the storm bothers them so bad. They have stopped looking spiritually and they're only looking physically. Listen, I love when Team Challenge comes. You don't even know why half the time they're acting crazy. You know why they're acting crazy? Because they got saved and they got filled with the Holy Spirit and they walked in front of a judge and the judge should have said, third strike, you're out, 20 years in jail. And the judge says, I don't even know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to put you on probation. That's why they have a shout. That's why they have... They, you can't do something for them physically. It's the spiritual power that we should all focus on. Amen. Look at this. So let the, uh, the Lord open the eyes of the young man and he saw the mountain was full of horses and chariots and fire surrounding Elisha. Yes. Barry, I think you should write a song that says something like that. It may look like we're surrounded, but we're surrounded by you. That might make a good song. <laughs> think about it. Think about it. This, this guy walks out and there's only two of them. And the king of Syria has sent the whole army to kill them. We know the end of the story and we're so calm. We're like, oh yeah, they're going to make it. This is real life. They're like, we're going to die. And Elisha walks out and he's like, chill out. God, just let him see. That very, some of you tonight, chill out. Get your eyes back. Focus. Focus. Philippians 1, 6, being confident in this very thing, that he that began a good work in you, he will perform it until the day of the Lord. Yes, yes he will. Amen? Amen. I think I have a third one, but I'm going to skip it. Everybody say amen. amen. The cure. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, everybody knows it. Therefore, since we are compass, encompassed with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Stop before you go to the next one. How can you run a race if you're not focused on one thing? You know how many books are being written right now? You know what I mean? You know I many podcasts? I can download on people trying to write out and they're making money trying to tell the church how to get people focused. Five steps to refocus your church. Five steps to get members involved. That Today's podcast, three steps to get people's heart alive. No, no, no. The reason people's heart, they love the Lord, you wouldn't be here. You just forgot what you're running for. You forgot to set this one thing I do, forgetting those things that behind, I press towards the mark, towards the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. Listen, nobody until from when they are born until they're 150 years old is called to sit on a pew. There is investments to be made. There is power to be transferred. That's why I brought the staff in together and I said, I don't want to hear one more time anything about older people or younger people. We are church. Don't say it again. There's no older people. There's no younger people. There's us. We're the body of Christ. Well, that's what the old people do. That's straight from hell and it's divisive. Well, you know how the young people are. Listen, if you said that, don't feel bad. All of us have been guilty. We're the church. That's what we are. And he wants the older people, read the book of Jude. He wants the older people to invest in the younger people. And there's a whisper in the older people that says, they don't want to hear from you. They don't want to talk to you. They're not interested in you. And then there's this foolish voice that in the young person because everybody's been young before. <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> so you got a bunch of people sitting on the pew saying, Nobody wants to be, got, they've lost their purpose. Yeah. Yeah. They're not running. Right. Can you imagine if me decides to go ride a bike with Barry, who bikes 30 miles a Saturday? No training, no anything. I don't even know I'll make mile one without calling the ambulance. I haven't trained. I haven't set the mark. So here you have a bunch of church people who are mentally saying, I want to serve God. I want to do things. But they've lost track of the mark. They're not training. They're not being used anymore. They're not witnessing. They're not reading. They're not sharing their faith. Because after all, why would you train and condition yourself if you're just going to sit the bench? God never intended one person to sit the bench. That's right. We need people. We need people remembering and laying aside everything that distracts you from training for the mark. Now look at verse 2, which is one of my favorite verses. Let us look to Jesus. Tonight tonight's message. Look to Jesus. He started your faith. He'll be the finisher of your faith. And while you're looking at him, remember this. There will be suffering involved. Because you must look at him and realize this thing was not free to him. I know, I hear people all the time say, oh, it's free. That's why you can have the girl on the bachelorette come out this week and say, oh, I have unlisted sex outside of marriage, but God forgives me and me and God are awesome. I'm under grace. Huh? You know what I thought about when I heard that? I did not think about that poor girl. She's more deceived than anybody. Some pastor taught her how to talk like that. Yeah. Sinners don't talk like that. I have a bunch of friends that are sinners that I know from around places. I don't see them pass them by at Shaw's down here and they say, well, I'm just under grace. They don't talk like that. That means that girl had somebody to train her and to teach her how to use the grace card inadvertently in the wrong way. Yeah. It blew my mind. We've lost focus. We we've we've. I'm gonna stay off that and just leave it alone and keep moving. <laughs> you have got to focus. We've got to focus. You got to focus. You got to know that it's gonna be hard sometimes. It's gonna be hard sometimes. There there's no there's no it's just grace. You've got to wrestle you. You're going to wake up every day with the worst person. It's you. And you've got to struggle and kill you. That's the biggest part of the race. you got to deal with your affections and you got to deal with your wrong thinking and you got to deal with you. But see, my point is, that's not like, well, it's hard. I quit. It should be, I should train harder. Listen, I'm not talking about wearing yourself out. I'm talking about going to Him and getting strength again and getting purpose again and understanding. Listen, I can't tell you where you're called. I can't. I feel like a lot of people walk into church and they're like, hey, look, where do you need me? That's great. I want you to stay that way. But as far as your calling goes, I can't be like, well, God just told me that you're going to be over the homeless ministry. know. I'm, 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 I'm focused On where we're going. You've got to, you've got in the middle of a storm, it's the easiest time for you to stop. You need to surround yourself. And listen, this is not in my notes, but I feel this. Make sure you have Elisha in your camp. Make sure you have Paul in your camp. Make sure there is somebody that they don't have to be older in age, but older spiritually that will tell you correction that you can hear when your eyes are wrong. Because if you get a bunch of people around you that help you build your storm up, you will have, you and Jonah will go out there and you'll sit under a tree and you'll have a big giant gourd and you won't care that 180,000 people died or however many, you'll care about the gourd. The whole story of that is, he got his eyes all mixed up. He threw himself a little pity party. You gotta have somebody in your life like Elijah that says, son, Get your eyes back up. You're going to win this thing. You're coming out of this thing. When God began to deal with me about our eyes, when you get your focus right, the victory will be right. It don't even matter if the storm stops. You'll still have, we always triumph in Christ Jesus. If we'll turn our eyes to him. Psalms 121, listen to this one, one through eight. One of my favorite Psalms. If you don't read the Psalms a lot, just write down Psalms 121, read it a lot. It says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Why did David have to say this? Because he got tired of running from Saul, and he's like, Lord, you anointed me king. I got saved, and ever since I've been saved, Lord, it just seems like nothing's working for me. And he says, oh, I got to stop. I will lift and refocus my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. Hallelujah. My help comes from the Lord. Your help comes from God, who made heaven and Earth. Why do you fear your battle? Some of you are not in a battle. And you're like, well, this is a pretty good message. Start seeking God. You'll find the battle. Yeah. The devil ain't going to mess with if you're sitting on the sidelines fat and sassy. That's it's right. not going to happen. If you're spiritually, don't want to mess with him. Listen, it, it, it amazes me how many people really could care less about reading their Bible, but they name the name of the Lord. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. Like when the altar calls coming, it, it bothered me a little bit when Sunday night and God didn't even keep that up. We'll get back to that. I felt like the Lord just showed up and said, if you have a problem, whatever it is, come. You know, the first thing I thought about All the people that have all the problems that weren't there. All the Thomases. Well, Jesus showed up because you didn't believe him and you weren't there, Thomas. You think that story's in the Bible for a reason? I thought about the waters were stirred. The Holy Spirit was here to meet needs. And I thought all the people that missed it, that should have been here. I'm not talking about the ones that couldn't. The first thing I thought was, man, if they would have made the effort, if their eyes would have been focused on the eternal rather than this world and they could have just made the effort, they would have experienced something that God had for them. And the second thing I thought was all the people that didn't move that were here. I wasn't judging them. I was like, man, their life must be perfect. If I hear a message in tongues and an interpretation followed by a move that says, I'm here, come now, bring healing, I will touch you, you've got to run. That's the time to run down. That's the time to be like, hey, I'm sick and I'm not whole. And maybe the problem is, is that we're not looking at him and we've lost that spiritual appetite. That's awesome if you have, acknowledge it. Just tell him, God, I've lost my appetite for your Holy Spirit like I should. I heard tonight, the, you know, Papa say that you want us to bless you. I didn't come tonight to bless you. I'll just be transparent with you, God. He already knows. I want you to heal my heart and focus me again where I come to church to bless you, not to get a blessing. And I lift my eyes up to the hills from which comes my help. My help comes from the Lord, the Lord that made heaven and earth. He will not suffer my foot, if verse 3, to be moved. He will not, who keeps me will not slumber and sleep. And I learned it in the King James, and that's a different version. But you get me. He's not going to bed on you. That's right. In the darkest hour of your life, he's not forsaking you. That's right. Listen, this might not be but for two people. You might feel like you are really drowned in. You need to lift your eyes back to him. The God that spoke and said, let there be light. And there was light. Is your ally. Keep reading this to verse 8. Behold, he who guards Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your guardian. The, The King James says the Lord is your keeper. I like the word keeper. I like the word guardian too, but he's your keeper. The Lord means when you're walking, he's just like, "Gotcha, gotcha, 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 got gotcha. you. I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha. you. You see these little toddlers learning how to walk? You can't just hold their hands all the time. You kind of got to let them go a little bit, and let them stumble and you, whoop, gotcha you, gotcha, gotcha, got gotcha. you." I'm telling you the images that He wants to put in our heart. Uh, I got gotcha. you." You're you're so worried. Just keep walking. Keep focused. I'm your guardian. How can we have a better guardian than God? The Lord is the shade at your right hand. The sun won't wilt you. Verse 6, The sun shall not harm you during the day nor the moon by night. Did I give you through 8 or just 6? That's good. Oh, seven. The Lord shall protect you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out yes. and your coming in from this time to forever. Mm. Hallelujah. Are you guys tired on me? No. Put that back up. That right there should be our anthem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Lord will preserve me. The Lord will. I, I, if I'll keep my eyes on him, even though this world... Listen, how do I know that Jesus is coming back soon? Because the love of many will wax cold. I don't have to be a history buff and watch that in Israel right now, there's a red heifer and they've got one and the temple's being rebuilt. Listen, I can go into all that stuff. I got it, kind of, but I got it enough. I don't need to see that. The Bible says the love of many will wax cold in the last days. Maybe you're not there. I feel that attack on me sometimes. I can feel things and outside forces trying to make my heart cold. I feel a pull from this generation. I feel an evil that tries to come. Listen, God spoke to me the other day clearly and said, Give me your cell phone. And I knew instantly that my cell phone was a problem. Some of you just put your head down and didn't want to hear it, and don't want to receive it, and I don't care. And maybe you have the victory over it. Praise God for it. But I look around at a lot of restaurants, and I don't see a whole lot of people talking. I see a whole lot of people this. Amen. And you know what I felt like when God told me that? That I'm a fool and full of pride if I don't think the devil can take me down with this. Amen. Hallelujah. I got to trust him to preserve me. I got to listen to him. You've got to listen to him. This cannot be your God. Right. I don't know if it's my God. I'll tell you how. It's really easy. Ready? Some of y'all are going to get mad at me. When you wake up first thing in the morning, what do you do? <laughs> After you turn off your alarm for all the people that didn't get hugged enough. Because <laughs> I knew somebody thought that. You turn off your alarm. What do you do then? Check your phone. Most people check their phone. Listen to me and you could say, man, you're being crazy right now. No, I'm not. Early in the morning will I seek you. Early in the morning will I seek you. Early in the morning you say, well, I use my app, my phone for my Bible app. Then I'm not talking to you. The people that I'm talking to know I'm talking to them. They know the first thing they do is they check their feeds for their Facebook and their Instagram and they check Snapchat and they begin to search this and search that. And you say, there are people out like that? Yeah, most of the people in this room are like that. And then they say, we don't know where our relationship with God is. It's because your eyes are focused on the wrong thing. Some people, I'm telling you, it would be awesome for their life if they would destroy all social media completely. Just don't even look at it anymore. Did you hear what so-and-so post? Nope, don't care. They'd be so happy. They wouldn't know what to do with their self. What are they gonna fill that four hours a day that they're scrolling with? (laughs) Listen, the devil was like, okay, so I'm gonna destroy guys in their careers through computer games. Losing their job. You say, that doesn't happen. I know a guy that lost a great job and now his wife has left him with the two kids because he got addicted to a game and would rather play a game at home than go to the... You say, well, he must have been one of those weird kids. No, he's really a normal kid. He got hooked. So now you can download the game on your phone and now guess what? You can carry it everywhere. And that's why the devil got you focused here. Mm -hmm. It's easy. Everything in moderation, right? Right? I'm not preaching a hard gospel, but I'm telling you this. If you get so focused on games and things of this world that you don't, you don't remember to focus on Him and all you talk about is the things of this world and all you focus on are the things of this world, I'm telling you, you got to get your eyes checked. you got to repurpose your eyes. Yeah. Give me one last scripture. I know y'all are ready for me to go now. I can see some of y'all squirming about them cell phones. <laughs> Revelations 3, 16 through 19. How many of you guys agree this is the Laodicea age? Well, look what Jesus said to the Laodiceans. See then, because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say I am rich, I'm stored up goods, have need of nothing, yet you do not realize, that means it seems like we're not looking at the right thing, that you are wretched and you're miserable. There's nothing that this world can invent that will satisfy you. That's it, amen. Poor, blind, naked, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by the fire, that you may be rich with white garments, that you may be dressed, that the shame of your nakedness may not appear. And look at this, and this is what I'm gonna close with. And you anoint your eyes with salve What's it gonna to take to get your eyes back? The anointing. There's, the church at Laodicea was known for their apothecary, where if you think about the Middle East, there was sand everywhere. I've heard people that went over there talk about you get sand literally everywhere. They put their laptop inside a Ziploc bag, inside another Ziploc bag, and inside a bag. And they say when you open it up, there's somehow magically sand in there. They get everywhere. Think about sand in your eyes and how irritated they are. They made this healing eye salve that soothed your eyes. And it took that, that, how sand just rubs against your eye, it takes it out. And it soothes your eyes. So they know this. So he writes to those people and says, hey, you know how you have that eye salve? You need to get some spiritually and get your eyes back healed. You can't do it within yourself. It's going to take the anointing. That's the problem. You can get so worn out trying within yourself. I'm not preaching a self-help message tonight. You can't physically take your spiritual eyes and lift them forward. I wish we could. But you need the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to ask the band in a second to come up here. And I'm going to ask every one of us that's willing to be truthful and honest with God and come down here and let him heal our eyes. Let us get refocused on why we're called and what we're here for and let him talk to us about, listen, I thank God he spoke to me about my phone. I'm so thankful he talked to me about my phone. And my first answer was not, I will do better. It used to be that. My first answer was, Lord, help me. Let the anointing break the yoke of bondage. I'm in a bondage to this. Break it off me. Amen. Amen? He's here tonight. If you're in a storm, stop magnifying the storm. Let God heal your eyes. Listen, you can surround yourself, I tried to cover that earlier and I missed it, with people that magnify your storm. I say, It's okay. I mean, you're going through it. I understand what you're going through. That sounds like compassion. That is not Elisha compassion. You don't want them to just sit down and feel good. You want them to get up and keep walking. Yes. We got to look at people sometimes and say, okay, you've sat here long enough. There's, par- There's been times where bad things happen to our family. And I watched my dad kind of, throw money at it to comfort for a couple of months and all of a sudden he finally had to look and say okay no more you got to move forward i know that was hard for him i can't imagine how hard it was but our father tonight is looking at us saying okay you've been here long enough i need you to look up again i need you to look forward i need i need okay Yes, you've had some really terrible circumstances. Look for consider him who suffered so much. Consider him who's done every time you think your storms bad, consider him. Who was perfect. He didn't deserve anything wrong, but he willingly chose it for us. Consider him lest you grow weary and fall out of the way. Everybody stand. I want us to sing Savior King had it on my heart all day. And I want us to get our eyes fixed. Listen, as they come, you can get your eyes fixed on church. I'll never forget one of the worst times of my life was when I let a friend of mine that was coming to church here probably 19 years ago when we started. He started to point out to me every single thing that was wrong with evangel at the time. And I went from absolutely loving this church to absolutely dissatisfied with it. I was like, God, what's wrong with me? I don't even want to go. What is wrong with me? And he began to let me hear all that stuff. Why do you think Paul said, find those that cause division among you and mark them and have no fellowship with them? Yeah. They're my buddy. Well, they're not your buddy if they're causing division. That's right. Because once they become your buddy, you're going to cause division. You're going to be discontent. I watched it happen. I used to walk into the house back then and just love this place. And I was like, God, what's wrong with me? He focused me the wrong way. Be careful who you hang out with. Be careful what they talk about. It seems harmless sometimes. Oh, I wish we would do this. Oh, I wish we would do that. You know what the pastor says when people say that? Oh, I wish they could be pastor one time. They think That they would just change everything, but they'd realize everything they want, there's a whole group of people that don't want it, that they don't see. Yeah, just come in and change it your way. Good luck with that. Tell that 10 people that are still with you in a year, hang on. That's what I want sometimes, but I don't get it. Focus up. Focus up. Focus up. When you come into church from now on, focus up. So, we're going to have an altar call. And I want you to come down if you're willing. And I want you not to pray for anybody else this altar call. I've seen so many people get conviction off them and I never hardly ask for that. But they get conviction off them by going to pray for somebody else. I've watched it. God be dealing with somebody and I'm like, all right, are they at the altar? Yeah, they're over praying for somebody else. What are you doing? It's you tonight. It's me tonight. I want us to pray and ask God to heal our eyes again. Amen?